What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. I hope everyone is having a great week, a nice, you know, summer week. We're yeah. going to be in the thick of summer when this actually, what is the first day, like actual day of summer? I don't even I know. I think the 21st of June or the 20th? June 20th. Woo woo. June 20th. Oh, this will, yeah, it'll come out that week. Okay, nice. Oh my so, God, happy summer. Happy summer. Perfect. This week, we are doing a very fun episode, and we are talking about getting to know yourself and crafting a little elevator pitch for yourself after you get to know yourself a little bit. So I feel like, honestly, at any stage in life, but especially as like a young professional, so to speak, uh, it's really important to know yourself and get to know your interests and your passions and your goals so that way you can really narrow your path towards those ambitions as well as learn to advocate for yourself. I mean, this is the time in our lives where you're applying and interviewing for jobs and getting a bunch of opportunities and you want to be able to be the best advocate for yourself that you can be, but you can't do that if you don't know your strengths and you don't know your passions and all of that. So we're just going to give a rundown on the best ways to get to know yourself in this episode. Yeah, I feel like knowing yourself sounds like it would be something that just kind of like happens as you're a person that goes through life. But I actually don't really feel like that's true. I kind of feel like you have to do the work to like Mm -hmm. really get to know yourself and understand yourself. I mean, obviously like you grow and change and you realize those things, but some of the tactics in this episode are things that like I definitely don't do on the regular and I probably should. Yeah. So yeah, should be fun. Yeah. But before we do that, let's hop into our segment, starting with the week in review. So this is the first episode that we are recording in my new apartment. I have relocated. And if you hear street noise, I'm going to hopefully try to edit it out. But um, my desk is set up like right by the window in our guest room. So you might hear some cars going by. And if you do, maybe I'll rework where we record or we'll try not to record at like, I don't know if I would say it's rush hour, but it's like, it's like drive home from work hour. (laughs) I think that's rush hour. Yeah. So um, we will see. But yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. Our move-in went smoothly, which as mm-hmm. you guys know, I get a little, a lot of anxiety about moving. So it went really well. Our movers were great as I knew they would be because I've used them before. And we're pretty much all set. Like we moved in a week ago today when we're recording this and we have literally like one box left. And the only reason it's not unpacked is because it's not something I can unpack. <laughs> it's like all of Grant's electronics that I don't really know like what he wants to do with or like where he wants them to go. But other than that, we're pretty much all unpacked, so very exciting. We really like the place so far. Uh, got our window ACs installed and all that nice. jazz. Um, I don't know if I've really talked about like where in Boston I am. I'm not going to say the specific neighborhood, I don't think, but I will say that it's not where I used to live. It's Nothing in Boston is far. I was going to say it's far from where I used to live. Nothing in Boston is far. Everything in Boston is like 15 minutes away from each other. It's a really small city. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's not the same neighborhood that I used to live in. And I actually just don't know that much about it in general. So I've been exploring. I mean, it's a cute area for sure. It's close to places that I'm familiar with. I'm just, I've never really been in this area directly before, but we're right next to a park and it has a lot of dogs in it all the time. So that's fun. 
And the other day I walked to a pond that's literally like a six or seven minute walk away from us. And it was so pretty. Um, definitely didn't have that in my old neighborhood. So um, yeah, it's fun. I'm excited. And hopefully we have like a hot girl Boston summer. So love that. Love that energy. Don't love that I'm stranded in New Hampshire without you, but that's okay. Not, not for, for long. long. <laughs> yeah, not for long. Um, but yeah, you'll have to come down a weekend soon. And also I think like a lot of weekends we're going to be up at the cabin too. So you can probably yeah meet us up there. So True. I'm just having a little separation anxiety, but I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so for me in my weekend review, I'm back to work. So when we are recording this, I'm on my third day back. So just bright eyed and bushy tailed about it all. Um, and yeah, it's been really nice. I obviously took a few weeks off after I decided to take the leave. I just gave myself some time to just do nothing because I think sometimes you just need time to do nothing. But I'm happy to be back and like on somewhat of a schedule and feel like I'm doing something with my days, but still have time every day to do a little bit of nothing or do what I want to do. I think that'll be a good um schedule to be in for the next however many weeks. Um and now, ladies and gentlemen, let's just all manifest a nice full-time offer at this job together. I really want it. I talked a little bit about this in my solo episode about my leave, but I really like the company I'm working for. And I've worked with them a lot in the past. This is my fourth time returning to work with them, which is crazy. And I just feel like I fit in really well with the company and I like the work that I'm doing. And so being able to stay on full-time would just be like, amazing and I think like really perfect at this time in my life. So I'm really trying to manifest that. If you can put all your vibes out into the universe, please do that. Um, And yeah, I so far haven't gotten a straight up no, that's not going to happen, which is good. But I will say that as I've like started applying to jobs and things like that, I like I'm doing it because I know I have to do it, but I'm finding myself struggling a little bit because I'm like, well, if something works at this company. Like I'm obviously like, that's my first choice. I'm just going to pick that and I'm going to drop everything else. So it's like, I almost wish I had an answer either way. So that way I could like more seriously get excited about like other opportunities. Cause right now I'm just like, well, if anything, if like anything pops up at this company, like it's just an automatically yes there. So like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it is day three. Yeah. But it does true. make sense. <laughs> um, it's day yeah, three, was, but it's my fourth. T- like, it's not like I just, like, I'm brand yeah, new. Yeah, you're not to brand new. Company. But, like, yeah, like you For haven't context. given them a ton of time to, like, sit with the thought yet. Yeah. And I, and that's me just being, like, impatient and needing instant gratification. And I get that. But I feel like I should clarify <laughs> that, like, I didn't just, like, start working at this company right, brand right. new three days ago. And yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, I hope I get a full time offer. You've like, probably there been there for, like, yeah, like nine months probably. Like, I think upwards of like a year. Mm. Well, yeah, like with winter and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been a good amount of time. Yeah. But um, I feel like when you were stressing about like job applications and like never getting a job and all this stuff, I feel like having been on like the other side of recruiting, I was like trying to comfort you, but I was like, I don't know if it's comforting, but like I've just learned that like literally – nothing is ever personal like no decision literally ever made for a company is personal ever (laughs) like I don't know I just feel like um things like will work out and I'm also manifesting this for you but you know that I was in a similar position and I ended up somewhere else and it's been a completely 
different but equally good trajectory. So don't don't worry too much. You're very early yeah. in the process. It'll yeah. be fine. I know. I was going to say, you said when I was stressing about it. I'm like, you say that like I stopped stressing about <laughs> it. Very interesting. Yeah, no, but I try not to stress about it. I know things will work out the way that they're supposed to work out. I just, I need a little sign from the universe that this pivot was the right choice. And to me and my current manifestation and visualizing journey, that sign would be getting a full-time offer at this company or at the very least a company that I'm equally as excited for. I think I'm just having trouble getting excited about other opportunities because this one is still a possibility. But yeah, you're also lucky in that you're starting this process in like a much better economy than most of the 2020 grads were. Like I'm sure there are still 2020 grads that are still looking. So at least- like your timeline will hopefully be a little expedited compared. But even in like non-pandemic weird economy times, it takes people like six plus months. So don't put so much pressure. Feel it out. Find the right thing. You'd rather find the right thing than land something super quickly and like have it not be a good fit. So yeah, no, that's really true. Right now I'm just focusing on like getting settled back here and kind of getting a pulse on what the deal is and like getting like a very preliminary idea um and also just like networking and talking to as many people as possible I feel like will serve me better than just blindly submitting applications right now because at least like I want to be more strategic with my applications obviously a lot of the time you just end up sending a bunch of applications and hoping that something sticks but I don't want to do that for like every opportunity I want to make sure it's kind of like a 50 50 divide of things that I'm actually excited for and also hey just in case nothing else sticks I'll submit here as well so well I can share my uh job tracking excel that I made with you I made it last year yeah I didn't mean like I made it with you I mean like I made it share it with you yeah (laughs) I I said that weird yeah I didn't follow at first because I was like I don't remember (laughs) making this with you but I I made my way back (laughs) all right let's move into our favorite So my favorite is a little bizarre. I almost doubt anyone is going to benefit from this recommendation, but I just have to put it out there because I'm really jazzed about it. And it is the couch that we ended up getting. So I think I mentioned in a previous episode that we went to Ikea and we really liked to want this one couch and they didn't have it. They didn't know when it was going to be in stock. And they like pretty candidly were just like, I would find another couch if I was you. Like we haven't had this one in forever kind of thing. And we were like, oh, damn. And they were like, you can sign up for like the text updates though, if you want, like they'll notify you when it is in stock. And I was like, all right, it's probably like a shot in the dark, but like I'll do it. And then, so we went on a Sunday and then the next Saturday I got a text that they had it in the color that we wanted. And I like literally ran to the computer and ordered it from Ikea for pickup the next day. And then it was a whole set of logistics because it's like a humongous couch. So like we had to figure out a way to pick it up the next day, but we figured it out and yeah we love her so she is the f- i don't know why i'm acting like i'm gonna pronounce this ikea word well freeheiten um f-r-i-h-e-t-e-n freeheiten couch and the reason that we wanted this specific couch is because you'll have to look up like a video if you're actually interested but basically like it's a sectional like with a you know like a an l-shape situation mm-hmm. but the the regular part of the couch pulls out and then comes up. So it basically can turn into just like a giant square 
So you can use it as like a sleeper sofa, which I don't think we're going to use it as a sleeper sofa because we have a guest bedroom anyway, unless we're hosting like a lot of people. But what we do use it for is just making like the entire couch, like a sectional shape basically. So like you can put your feet up. So nice. So fun. We love it. So it's also really modern looking. I just think it's a really good couch and it was pretty affordable, $5.99. So check her out. Yeah, it was a really good price. So I don't know if it's in stock at your local Ikea, but sign up for the text alerts because they actually do be working. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I signed up for ones for like the other couch that we liked and I still haven't got a text. So I think we just got so lucky. And when we were driving home from Ikea, he was like, oh, refresh the page, like see if it still says in stock. And I was like, I'm sure it'll still be in stock. Refresh the page, gone. Whoa. I feel like we probably got the last one. How crazy. Divine timing, I suppose. I know. We love it. So if you are in the market for a new couch, <laughs> check it out. Check it out. Hopefully it's in stock. Yeah. Um, so my favorite, and coming at you with another Trader Joe's favorite, because you all know that we're Trader Joe's stands here. And it's the new Ube tea cookies. So for context, I was a little suspect of this whole Ube thing. Because so I was like, what's a purple yam doing in desserts? Like this seems a little, I'm, maybe I just don't know any better. I've never seen or used a purple yam before it's kind of like taro right if i think know what it so is. i think so yeah, i think they're similar yeah and i've only ever really seen ube used in like desserts but i think the word yam is just really throwing me off yeah so i know trader joe's came out with like that ice cream yeah and so i haven't tried it I'm just not, like, a huge ice cream person. Like, if I'm going to buy a dessert for myself, I don't tend to buy ice cream for myself. Um, But I saw, like, so many good reviews for these cookies and people saying that they were amazing, that they tasted like powdered donuts. I was like, okay, if they have them at Trader Joe's, I have to try these because I'm a huge cookie girl. Cookies are my dessert of choice, in case anyone was wondering. Hmm. I don't know if I Uh, knew that. Yeah, I love cookies. And so I got them, and let me tell you, those reviews did not lie. They are so good. I don't know how to do – like, I feel like powdered donut is a good description of – like, if I had to compare them to anything, they're crunchy, so they're not, like, soft like a donut, but they Mm. are, like, covered in powdered sugar, and they just, like, have that taste. But they also have, like, a slight – spice to them I don't know if there's like cinnamon in them or something but like I get a hint of that they're just really freaking good they're really good highly recommend I eat them with and without tea in case you're wondering um so yeah hit up Trader Joe's also Trader Joe's was like the first place that didn't require masks anymore which is a shocking thing to me yeah I was surprised I was like Joe a little soon here yeah, Joe really they CDC said do it. Joe said okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got truly. it. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, we haven't really talked about like the mask. Well, we just haven't really talked about COVID in a long time. <laughs> yeah, like that's true. Of, like we're done. Um, but yeah, I feel like the it's funny, it's been funny for me with the mask restrictions like loosening because walking around here in Boston, I feel like most people have them on still like in businesses. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, but most people. But on the street, pretty much nobody has it on anymore. Like I would say maybe like one out of 10 people have it on, like walking around outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so weird because it was like I'm listening to the CDC as like literally the like guardian of truth for like a year and a half. And then they say something that like contradicts my initial, <laughs> my like what I'm, you know, gravitated to think. And I'm like, mm, 
Yeah. But I need to trust them. I need to like, yeah, it's, it's cool to see like people here looking normal and like living their normal lives, but it's definitely like an adjustment to relax. Like it just doesn't feel right, even though like we're both vaccinated and everything, but. Yeah, no, I was talking to my family about that because we were like, it just feels so fast. Like it feels so sudden. I can't believe that like we're already, and I use quotes around already because it has been such a long time, but like already feeling a little bit back to normal. But also I think that literally no matter what, like we could have a 100% vaccinated population, not that that's possible, but like we could have that. And I still feel like we'd all be like, ah, yeah. is it time? It's a flu season's right around the corner. Maybe we should just keep the masks on because it's like a new normal now. Like it's the new, yeah. we've just trained ourselves to say like, yeah, this is what we do to like stay safe and stay healthy. So we'll keep doing it. That I'm like, just keep doing it a little while longer test the waters so yeah but yeah and it's funny because um the start like I work with new startups all the time if you guys don't know and we've had so many mask startups in the last year like that are trying to innovate on masks make them like more sustainable and uh, more effective whatever um and I actually had three mask calls like this week so people aren't like stopping on the mask train like a lot of people believe that they're going to be with us if it's not for COVID then just like for general, general like sickness protection and whatever like I think it's a thing so yeah and that's how it had always been or at least for a long time in um Asian cultures like I always noticed how the international students um at Northeastern would always wear face masks because it's like a courtesy to protect other people when you don't feel well a concept so hopefully that yeah. continues <laughs> yeah I was saying that to my parents too I was like honestly I think if I'm not feeling well like even if I'm not wearing masks like regularly when I'm not feeling well I think I'm gonna wear them I have them all might as well put them to use <laughs> yeah and in the winter it's kind of nice keep your face a little yeah, warm exactly exactly <laughs> anyway tangent aside we digress let's get into the main episode topic Getting to know yourself, perfecting your personal elevator pitch. Yes. So maybe it's obvious, maybe this doesn't even need to be said, but I thought it would be good to kind of ground the intro of this episode here by talking about why it's important to get to know yourself. Because like I said, I feel like a lot of us just think like, I am myself, I must know myself if I am myself. But <laughs> I think it actually takes some work to get to know yourself and these are the reasons that you should put in the work basically. So I think once you know yourself and your like true values and ideals and everything, it just makes your life a lot easier in a lot of different ways. Um, I think you will have some better decision-making skills. You'll be better at setting boundaries. You'll have less inner conflict because you're more aligned with you know your your own truth. You'll have more compatible friendships and relationships because you'll be able to gravitate towards people that are similar to you. And I think you'll just be happier overall. So yeah, definitely a thing worth worth investing in. For ways to approach just getting to know yourself, especially from like a preliminary place and also throughout your journey is journaling. Now, if you have listened to the Two Degrees Otter podcast, you're not at all surprised that this is a suggestion that we have or something because I feel like our problem to most existential things is to journal it out. Um, you mean our solution? Oh, our solution. <laughs> Not our problem. Our solution to most existential things is to journal it out. Um, so we found some questions that would make really great journal prompts uh, just to like get you started and help you on this journey. We'll link a few resources below that have them, but some examples 
are, I really wish others knew this about me, and you journal about that, this. Um, If my body could talk, it would say, what always brings tears to your eyes? Using 10 words, describe yourself. I feel most energized when... What's one topic you need to learn more about to help you live a more fulfilling life? Make a list of everything you'd like to say no to. Make a list of everything you'd like to say yes to. What are your values? What do you believe in? You can consider things like politics, religion, social issues. Where do you feel safest? What is your biggest failure and what are you grateful for? So obviously a nice like healthy dose of more like positive leaning ones, negative leaning ones, to really just understand yourself, understand what you like and what you don't like and all that fun stuff. Yeah, there's also this concept that I don't know a ton about, but I guess if you're mm-hmm. like into um, spirituality at all, you may have heard on like other podcasts and stuff like that. And it's called shadow work. Mm-hmm. And I think basically what it is, is just kind of digging into like those more negative things. Like mm-hmm. what is my biggest failure? And I think a lot of it has to do with like your inner child. Like mm-hmm. Um, like what wounds are you still trying to heal from your inner child that like affect you now? Obviously that's like super deep and dark. So um, it's not necessary if you don't like have the mental space for it right now. But I know that's something that people talk about if you want to look into it a little more, just Google shadow work. Um, And then another thing that I found was um, via psychology today, it was called vitals. So it's like a technique of kind of trying to journal out, um, finding out more about yourself. So that's a acronym and it stands for values, interests, temperament, around the clock, which that one confused me, but I'll get to it. Life (laughs) mission and goals and then strengths and skills. So basically you can just, you know, make a, you know, take a page, write vitals uh, vertically down the side and then start writing out your values, your interests, your temperament. Around the clock is like has to do with when you like to do things, which is kind of interesting. I didn't really think of like that as part of getting to know yourself, but I guess like you're like bio clock is pretty important to getting to know yourself because it might change like who you end up dating. Like if you want to have the same like waking hours as that person, like stuff like that, like it is, it is pretty important, I guess. Or like when you're more apt to like work out and be active versus like when in the day you'd want to relax when you're most Mm -hmm. productive, that kind of thing. Um, So it's funny. I just, I automatically went to like more of like a mental and emotional place, but I guess it is important to get to know yourself like in that physical way too. Yeah. Um, life mission and goals and strengths and skills. So I think that's a good exercise and we will link a bunch of questions in the description as well. We have a couple links just full of questions if you want to get started with journaling to get to know yourself better. Yeah, for sure. And then our next approach is to find hobbies that bring you joy. I feel like hobbies are a really great way to identify just like interests, passions, even like skills, like things that you're good at, and also build communities in those skills and hobbies and things. Um, And really like if you already have hobbies, like really analyzing those and figuring out why you like doing those things, it could be really helpful as well as just like trial and error of trying new hobbies in the same way that like you try to figure out what job you would like and not like. You can try to figure out what hobbies you would like and not like by trial by fire. And I think it says a lot about a person, what like they like to do in their free time and what they make time for. Yeah, I was glad that you brought up the like analyzing your existing hobbies thing mm-hmm. because I feel like that is super valuable and it's not really something people think to do that often. Like when I think on back on like why I was so passionate about dance, it's like 
there are so many reasons that I could like to dance. It could be, you know, the community aspect, the fact that I get to see people with like similar interests every week Mm -hmm. or the fact that it's like a workout in and of itself or the fact that I can choreograph and like make art or the fact that it's like a release or the fact that, you know, it gives me something to put in my schedule. Like there are so many things about it that I could like and I guess like narrowing down in your mind, like why is it that I like to do this thing that I do? can help you find more things like that. Because if I was thinking of dance and I was like, oh, the reason I like dance is because I get to have like a like-minded community, then I could go take like a pottery class. You know, like I could find other things that share that same thread. Mm -hmm. But if I find that I like dance for like the artistic piece, like, oh, maybe I should try like poetry or something. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. there's, there's layers for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Another suggestion that Kylie put down was to ask your friends what they think you're good at. Um, or the best kind of advice that you could, you've you given them in the past. Um, and you did this for the podcast, right? Yeah, I remember this was early, early on in the podcast. And I feel like we came across something that was when we were like really trying to figure out like our niche and where we wanted to go with like episodes. Uh, I remember seeing something that was like, oh, ask people what you're good at talking about and what you're good at giving advice at to figure out like your niche. Because if you're not good at talking about it, you shouldn't make a podcast around it. it makes sense. Uh, So I remember asking that of my friends and I can't remember their exact responses. I know for me, at least a lot of it was around like a lot of them were saying like fashion and beauty and makeup because that's just something that I am interested in on the side. Um, But also like I remember one of them was you're really good at like being really patient and just like listening in general, which isn't super helpful to the podcast, but flattering nonetheless. (laughs) Um, And one of them was like, you're really good at like guiding someone through like a change or like something that's really stressing them out like you are good at um kind of like being a voice of reason and I never considered myself to be one of those people I always feel really nervous giving people like advice and guiding them through that because it just feels very like important and I never want to like <laughs> say the wrong thing to someone who's coming to me like in needing advice or like upset so like I remember that was just a moment of like huh maybe I am like better at consoling people than I give myself credit for so I think it could be really helpful to just ask your friends, like, if you were coming to me for advice, what would you be coming to me for? Like, what problem would happen and you would automatically think to come to me to ask mm-hmm. for advice? Because that, I think that says a lot about you. And again, it can identify something as simple as a hobby or something like a skill set that you may not know you have. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but our next approach, and again, you guys are going to roll your eyes. I can feel it already is therapy and counseling. You guys already know the vibes up in here. We love therapy on this side of the microphone. Um, <laughs> I was talking to a friend actually, uh, and she was asking me how therapy was going. And I like am a genuine believer that everyone should go to therapy like at least once a couple of years. Just like mm-hmm. chat with someone, see if there's anything you need to unpack or work through a little bit, just make like in the same way that you get a physical and you make sure you're physically okay, go to a therapist and just talk about what's going on and make sure you're mentally okay. Um, And I also think like therapy in and of itself is to help you really to learn a lot about yourself. I feel like if you like unpack the roots of therapy, like that's what you're trying to figure out. You're trying to figure out who you are and why you respond and react and feel the way you feel about the things happening in your life. And I have learned just an unbelievable amount about myself, like so, so much about myself through therapy. I also think that I have 
gained a lot of confidence through therapy. And yeah, I just, I mean, again, I know it's not the most accessible to people. So I hope that when I like really, really advocate for it, like I'm not trying to discredit anyone who may not have the means to do it. I understand that I'm privileged to be in therapy, but if you do have the means for the love of God, just go, just go get checked up. Let's just, everyone has something that they're going through that they're working on. So just, just make sure that there's nothing super crazy to unpack there. You might learn about yourself. Yeah. And I think it's also just a really good way to like feel validated. Like I think that's a huge part of like their job. Like they're literally like trained to do that. But I think just like, you know, you say something and you think it sounds crazy, but to them, you know, they probably see this kind of thing all the time and they can explain it in like a more rational context and like maybe draw some conclusions about why you're feeling that way. And you might not have like those synapses quite ready in your brain yet. So like to hear it from someone else. (laughs) Yeah. No, literally I, as a quick like anecdote, I remember when I decided to take the leave, I had therapy literally the next day. I was like, sister, get your pen and paper ready because we got a lot (laughs) going on here. And she told me at the end that she was really proud of me. And that was like the most validating thing in the world. I was like, well, if my therapist is proud of me, then I must be doing something freaking right over here. Like, Mm -hmm. this is amazing. So yeah, highly recommend. Couldn't recommend enough. I remember at one point I actually wanted to be a psychiatrist. Like when I was like early high school, like I feel like I just didn't. I don't know. I feel like everyone has those jobs that they're like, I'm going to go to college for this. And like, you don't. Um, But I feel like it was like the Scorpio in me just like wanting to absorb everyone's like darkness vibes. But yeah, it's definitely a crazy job. Like it's so much responsibility for like people's well-being. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Shout out to the therapists out there. Um, The next one is honestly personality tests. I feel like there's, there's two types of people when it comes to personality tests. Maybe there's three, but two core types. There's people that think they're bullshit and like Mm -hmm. don't take them and they think people just use them as excuses to act a certain way. And then there's people that are like really gung-ho on personality tests and think that they make a big difference and like like to use them in like work settings and like all the different things. And then I guess there's people that are just like indifferent in the middle. But I am on the pro side of the spectrum. I love personality tests. I mean, people at work take them all the time. (laughs) I literally send them in Slack and I'm like, please respond with your results by Thursday. Like I need to know what everyone is. Because it really does help so much. Um, and it just like puts it's it's almost similar to therapy in that I feel like it like takes aspects of your personality that you can't really put into words or explain and just kind of like dilutes it down to like a digestible short thing. And I feel like that's the people that's what people who are anti-personality tests like normally criticize about it. They're like, well, it's like simplifying me so much. Like there's so much more than what they're trying to say. But like, yes, <laughs> but the whole point is to like boil it down to like a digestible level so like if you can understand the difference between you and someone else like at a short glance so um I listed a couple I'm sure you guys probably know some of these but there's like the Myers-Briggs test which it's not usually free I don't really know how everybody takes this all the time because if you have a link let me know but I can't really find it online um there's the Enneagram test so that's like the numbers there's the big five there's the 16 personalities there's the disc profile which I think is like a very work oriented one that has to do with like communication style. And then there's Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies, which focuses on how we react to um, internal expert, internal and external expectations and accountability. Um, So yeah, I love personality tests. Get yourself a personality test. Let me know what you are. (laughs) I think they're so useful. Like whenever you read the description and you feel like so seen, it's like the best. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm really big into like work ones, like work collaborative yeah. ones. Like there's ones that can like tell you what type of like conflict oriented person you are and like all these things. And I feel like it's just so good to know about your team and like people that you're spending a lot of time with. Like, um, for example, like I learned that there, I forget which one it is, what it's called, but it might be the disc test actually. But um, there's one that kind of tells you like your conflict style. And I learned that someone on my team was an avoidant conflict style. So like he'll never bring something up that makes him uncomfortable in like a group setting because he just doesn't like want to get into it kind of thing, <laughs> which makes so much sense. And I always just thought he was so go with the flow, but I think in fact, he just doesn't want to cause conflict. So he like never voices objections where as I'm like, I forget what it was, but I was basically the opposite on the spectrum of like, I really want to hash things out like as soon as they happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I don't know my Myers-Briggs, but I am an Enneagram 3, if anyone was wondering, which I think makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Um, So the next approach is to slow down. Again, another common theme I feel like we've talked about a lot on the show, but obviously like having to do like personality tests, I guess, aren't exactly like a huge thing that you need to budget time for. But like therapy and hobbies and journaling and things like that are things that you need to carve time out for. And so in order to really get to know yourself, you need to slow down and you need to take the time to reflect on who you want to be, who you are. And that's really hard to do when you are like constantly productive or making time for other things and not taking time for yourself. So I think a really huge aspect to this is just slowing down and prioritizing this time and prioritizing getting to know yourself because otherwise you're just never going to yes definitely a journey not a destination yeah um and I think getting to know yourself is definitely a form of self-care and Mm -hmm. as we've emphasized in a lot of episodes um self-care isn't always pretty and we have a whole episode kind of on that sentiment so go check it out if you haven't already um but I think sometimes it can be really hard to be honest with yourself about what you want and how your own life and habits need to change to get there. Like if, if it can be hard to admit to yourself that like you're not satisfied with who you are right now and that might be where you end up after doing this work, but that's good. That's what you need to kind of unwrap from, I can't think of a good metaphor, unexposed <laughs> from the shadows, <laughs> unearth, um, unearth about yourself to – to improve and to get where you want to be. So um, separating who you are now from who you want to be and kind of figuring out the map to get there is the end goal. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So now that you kind of have some approaches and ways to not only think about getting to know yourself, but then really start that plan of attack, we are going to shift and talk a little bit about creating an elevator pitch for yourself and advocating for yourself. So I feel like learning how to advocate for yourself and really just stick up for yourself is huge. And it it comes up professionally, personally, socially, like literally any situation in life could lead to you having to advocate for yourself. And I should also point out that like, when I say advocate, I don't necessarily mean in like a defensive manner. Like I feel like the thought of like advocating or sticking up for yourself is like you were like there was a wrongdoing and you have to stick up for yourself but sometimes it's advocating for a raise or like I feel like advocating for yourself could even be like trying to like network and things like that um 
So I, and again, it's so much easier to advocate for yourself when you know yourself and you know what you're after and what you're looking for, because then, I mean, heck, you just plop that into the elevator pitch and you're ready to go. Yeah. I definitely think, especially as like women, it's really important yeah. to know how to advocate for yourself. I was trying to find a, this stat that I saw one time and I was Googling around and I could not find it. But one time I just saw this like absolutely ridiculous stat about how many more times in a day men say I than women do. <laughs> Um, and I couldn't find it. So, but yeah, it was definitely yeah. pretty stark. Um, so just knowing how to, how to talk about yourself in like an eloquent way, how to advocate for yourself in yeah. literally all settings, it's important. So, um, just kind of talking through like some avenues you might need, you know, a personal elevator pitch would be like introducing yourself, whether it's personally or professionally, like in a networking setting, setting, like Kylie said, interviews, even on social media, I kind of feel like social media is basically a visual elevator pitch of like who you are. Yeah. So being able to like deduce that and kind of figure out what kind of image you want to project online, especially as like our whole lives are getting to be more and more online and employers are getting to be more and more savvy with that kind of thing. Very important. Yeah. I will say not to backtrack, but I, when I was talking, Anya connected me with one of her mentors uh, to just kind of get some words of wisdom in my personal journey. And she brought up a statistic that shocked me. And it's that when applying for jobs, men, or sorry, women will apply to a job. Like if you see a LinkedIn posting and it has the requirements and qualifications, all that, women will apply to that job if they feel they meet at least 70% of what that job is looking for. Men will apply to that job when they feel they meet at least 30% of what they've been looking for. So again, that's like, a it's small, but that's another like advocating for yourself, especially as a woman and saying like, you don't need to check every box in order to advocate for a certain thing. In this case, like a job position, like you just need to know what you do bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I should just throw that out there because it was an interesting statistic for sure. Yeah, but, she's definitely said that one to me before too. Yeah, yeah I bet she has. <laughs> well, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, so when creating your elevator pitch, you want to know, you want to understand your strengths, your passions, your desires, and then you are better able to go after those things and advocate for yourself. So kind of like what I was just saying, when you know what your strengths are, what you, what kind of impact do you want to make, whether it's professionally, personally, socially, and the life that you desire for yourself, then it's easy for you to identify the job posting or the opportunity or whatever it may be, and then advocate for yourself for it and feel confident going after, well, I only meet 30% of the qualifications, but it's what I want. And I have some strengths that would work with it and I am willing to learn. So I'm going to go for it. I'm going to advocate for myself. So it's like an elevator pitch for yourself and just learning that is huge. Yes, for sure. And this is like a little bit tangential. Well, it's pretty unrelated (laughs) actually, but I just wanted to say it. Um, I was in a meeting of all women the other day, which is pretty Mm -hmm. rare in my field of work, I guess. Um, And so we like, we all noticed that towards the end of the call, we were like, wait, like good for us. Like a all female call, like love to see it kind of thing. Cause we all have like that shared experience. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the people on the call, (laughs) she said, um, yeah, no more of that male, pale, and stale energy. (laughs) 
And I just lost it. That was so funny. Like that's my new catchphrase. Yeah. Anyway. Pale and stale. (laughs) Um, When, you know, you might be thinking about like, I don't know where to start when it comes to an elevator pitch, not to fear. I saw this really useful tip online that said to grab five index cards and label them who I am, what I do, how I do it, why I do it, and who I do it for. And then just, you know, like brain dump on those index cards and start ordering them in different orders in the way that you make sense in or the way that you feel like is most natural for you when speaking. And that's such a good place to start. Yeah, for sure. I love that idea. Um, and I also think it's really crucial to think about like if you were to get get cut off. So think of like a literal elevator pitch. You're in the elevator. <laughs> you're pitching to someone. The floor, you see the floors rising. You're getting to your floor. If you were to get cut off, what would you want the person you're talking to to walk away remembering? And essentially, you just want to make sure that everything that you have in this elevator pitch for yourself are things that you would want them to remember. But yeah, no, I think that's really great advice because at the end of the day, like, you never know what situation you're going to be in when you have to advocate for yourself. So the more concise you can make it, um, the better it is. And so really understanding yourself is the only way to know exactly what like high level bullet points you have for yourself. Um, And then, you know, if the opportunity arises, you can flesh them out from there. But really starting with that template, I think is helpful both in just understanding yourself and also in a more action-based advocating for yourself situation. Yeah. So if you've never put together an elevator pitch for yourself, this is your sign. It's going to come in more handy than you know. Yep. Just take, you know, an hour, hash it out and you'll be way better off. Yeah, for sure. Heck, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just true. I'm just You're waiting. really doing the work. <laughs> yeah, I really am. I'll keep you guys updated. I'm out here in the field, so I'll let you know if <laughs> if there's any additional advice I have to bestow. But that is everything that we have for this episode. Yes. So you guys know the drill. You can follow us on Instagram to keep up with us between episodes. We also post fun quotes on there and things like that. So not that I'm a little biased, but I think it's a fun addition to your feed. Yeah. Um, you can also DM us on there if you have any suggestions. Someone actually did that. We're actually recording with a listener in a couple weeks who yeah. literally just DM'd us saying that she had a cool episode idea. So yeah. um, do that if you feel like you'd love to be on the show and you have something to say. We'd love to have you. And you can also submit comments to our anonymous suggestion box if it's not something you're comfortable DMing. Um, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And I think that's all the boxes. I think that is all the boxes. So with that, we'll see you guys next. No, we won't see you guys. You'd think after a year. This joke is getting old. (laughs) But it's not even a joke anymore. Like, it's just me misspeaking. I know. I know. I do the same thing. Uh, We'll chat with you guys next Tuesday. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.